What's up, everybody? And welcome to another Boardroom Out of Office podcast. No Gianni today, guys. I know my fans is going to be pissed, all 350 of you. <laughs> no, nah, listeners are a little better than that. Um, but today's a special guest, episode number 47. Three more, and we call it a season. Today's guest, though, is special because he asked me if he could go on the show, and that's the first time I've had somebody ask to come on the show like that, or that I've wanted on the show after they've asked me, and extra special because it's my man. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Mr. Kevin Durant. What's up, brother? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me on. Man. You know, it's the kind of thing where when you talk to somebody as many times a day as we speak, I'm not asking you to get on my podcast. Yeah, right? we've done millions of pods already. Without- we've done a lot. And, I, you know, it's funny. I was listening to some of our old uh, conferences that we did early in the Bay. We really didn't know what the fuck we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, we didn't. Mm. We were just talking about that before we pressed play, that we feel like those years like totally different people. Totally different people. And what's funny is like, so those years for me led right into this place I'm at now where I feel like I've gotten to a a level of perspective and a level of peace where I'm still like animated. I still want everything in the world, but like I sleep well at night, like to put it in layman's terms. So. I call you after game six the other day, like I do most mornings, and I'm not even on no bullshit. Like I could see in your eyes, I could I could tell when I see on FaceTime where your head's at, and I could see in your eyes that you were cool, right? You went, you then proceeded to to tell me exactly that, right? You said to me, "Bro, I'm I'm so content," and when you said it, you said it to me, and it meant more than about the series because like I knew you was content with the series like I know how you go about your work I know how your mind works you know as much as someone can that's not you but you said it like it just so happened to coincide with the playoffs this like level of contentment maybe I could be wrong am I accurate in reading that yeah Uh, yeah I felt as though when Kyrie went down and James was out and it was up in the air that he was going to play. It felt like everybody wanted me to somehow dig deeper to get more from myself and or approach this upcoming game any differently, you know. Game I'm talking about from game 5, 6 and 7, you know, once Kyrie went out basically. Um so to me I was Basically, Ted, I told my mom the same thing. I'm like, I'm very content in who I am and how I approach any situation as a basketball player. I don't feel like I need to go in search of something deeper inside myself to figure out how I'm going to play these next few games. So I was at a level of like, I had a level of peace when I approached those situations because I'm like, I know exactly who I am and what I need to do. So as compared to before, maybe when I was mid-20s, you know, still figuring my game out, my place in the game, my place on my team, you know, just figuring stuff out within the game, I wouldn't have been as secure 
with approaching those next few games. You get what I'm saying? The pressure that was put on game five, like we talked about, I went on a phone call that day, bro. And I remember I got on a, on a call with somebody and someone said, man, biggest game of KD's life tonight. And <laughs> I was like, what? Biggest game of his life. But like, that's the kind of pressures that whether they're real or not, or like, you know, sometimes we talk about it as if it's not real life, but they're real pressures. So like, was it the experience and the amount of times that you've just been through all of this that allowed you to feel that way? Because you are this way in life too now, it feels like. Yeah, it's just, it's basically a conditioning, I felt like conditioning my mind on how I need to approach situations as a basketball player. And then, you know, try to, since that works for me as a basketball player, I try to transfer that to my everyday life in situations as well. You know what I mean? Just with knowing that if I prepare the right way, if I have good intentions, if uh, I'm open to listening to anything from coaches, teammates, if I just work hard as I can, just keep it simple, you know? then anything that's thrown at me, I can be able to handle, you know what I'm saying? Especially on the court. So I use that, I take I take that approach. So when that, so many people was like, yo, this is the biggest game or like, how do you feel? And like, this is what you need to do. And <laughs> I was getting that from all angles, you know, people who cared for me and wanted to see me do well, but it's just like, at a certain point I was like, well, don't, if you really know me, then you should know that I'm all right. I don't really need yeah. need you to encourage me or try to help because I'm like you said. I'm a scholar at this. I'm a professional. I'm still learning every day, but I've you know I've outlasted a lot of people when it comes to studying this. So you know that's what I rested on. Just like being experienced, working hard at what I do, knowing who I am out there. And knowing that it is it's effective, and just keeping it simple and playing hard, you know, it was like mm -hmm. it was just basic shit that I try to how I try to approach it. But from the outside, it looked like it was just a complex thing that I was doing. On a basketball side, there were other times in your career where, like you, so you are already at this like elite level for a long time now, and you've talked about it a lot on record, off record about like the mastering of your craft. I've learned so much from that. I bite that. I talk to people. I interview about that. But you still have been successful for a very long time. Whereas like some of the other things though outweighed the confidence you might have had on what you could do on a court where the shit that was happening in your life, I got a firsthand view of it at times, was like you played ball in lieu of some other things you may have been feeling in your life. Whereas like now you still have to deal with shit. Everybody does. We all do. But you seem content on a whole other level. You seem content with if you had lost game five, let's just say, you know, whether we thought it was the biggest game of your life or not, that it was going to rain. Right. You understand that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Pray like and I felt it when I got in the building that night. And that night was spiritual, bro. Like, for me, I've sat and watched over three, four, I don't even know, thousand of your games at this point as a fan before I even knew you and knowing you. Everything aligned that night into this spiritual experience. And as much as I didn't want it to be, 
it had somehow become this fucking game, which was like the biggest game of your life in front of our eyes. Like next thing we knew, you like lost a game in Milwaukee and all of a sudden James, Kyrie are out. Now it's the biggest game of your life. But I didn't feel that from you at all. Yeah. At all. It was not the biggest game of my life. I didn't feel like it was. I didn't feel like that was the game that was going to win us the championship. That was the game that was going to win us the series. Like, we lost the series. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I still did some crazy shit that game and won that game, but we lost the series. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it really didn't feel like the biggest game in my life. It really felt like I had, it was no pressure at all, actually. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, we down a man and a half, a lot of guys have stepped up into positions and playing minutes that they, they haven't played before. So let's just go back and see, go out and see what happens. That's how I felt. And we happened to get some momentum and win the game. But I understood that from the outside looking in, it was such a big thing to people. I mean, it was it is entertainment too. I mean, they wanted to see they wanted to see something. People wanted to see a show, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So they of course they're gonna dramatize it to the tenth power, you know. But yep. for the people inside the building and the you know, the players, me, it was that another day at the office. Yeah, but that I mean, listen, man, I've I've uh I've had times I've talked to you before a game where you've told me you were ner not nervous about playing, but like you felt the moment. What I realized like what my nerves were before the games, like I had to ask myself, like, why do I feel this way before games and shit? Like even regular season games. It was just like I'm not nervous to play. It's just like I I just want the game to start so fast. You know, it's like I got a little bit of anxiety to start and shit. Like I, I wonder like why the, I had to wonder ask myself why I had that shit. Cause it's like when I wake up, it's just like I'm so fidgety and like irritated and agitated and shit. And then throughout the day, it's just like, you know, always looking at the clock and shit. And, but that's a I had to realize that's a that was a tough place to be too before I play. It's, you know, I can't be too on edge and shit. Was it something early in your career that you felt like you had to do or like that regiment? Because there was a point consciously, I remember seeing you in the bay, like we'd take a meeting during game day. You still had your you had to do this at a certain time and you had to have your meal, like you're a professional, but you didn't you didn't go into the game of basketball with this like script and narrative of how things should be at a certain point. And I saw that shift. I think it was after Oklahoma City. And then here in Brooklyn, like I could see the way you put basketball in your life where like it's clearly in every way the number one priority in the work you put in. And I think that's what's so hard for people to understand. I even got that from the New York Times article a bit is like people have a hard time understanding that like somebody as chill and mellow and and um and just you know able to speak so thoughtfully about so many different things and want to engage in so many different things might have this insane drive and work ethic that <laughs> yeah. you like also have right yeah but you are able to like evenly balance this stuff now it seems like for me at least yeah i feel like i I've, have a good work life balance like i know what works for me when i go in the gym and what's what's what can get me better every day. And I know what a game day is supposed to be like, what my routine is supposed to be like that it helped me be most effective at 
throughout the course of the season. That shit may change. Like in January, February, yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a meeting on a game day in between. But in May, I might, you know, might not. Or, you know, preseason or, you know, first game of the season, I might not want to do it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I learned what my rhythm is with all that type of shit. And, but all, it all goes down to experience and really just being immersed in this shit every day since I got in the league, trying to fine tune shit every day since I got in the league, you know, and it just got to this point. And I think when you talk about experience, um, experiences, situations that happen on the court and also situations that happen off the court, like the reality is, is some of the things that you've encountered over the last six, seven years, they've been crazy. Some of the stories, some of the situations around your injuries, some of the situations around some of the things that have happened on social media, they've been things at that time. And um, but I think we always were able to look at it laugh at it, figure out our way through it, the plan. You always stay very level-headed and, and you're honest like with how you feel when, when your team speaks about um, you know, what's happening with your health or what's happening um, in the social orbit. But there were some situations uh, with your injuries that were crazy stories, man, that like when we look back on it, um, they were serious, but we were always able to like look at what was happening in the moment and stay very chill like let's really look at the scene in toronto in that june two years ago it was crazy you're on this bed in the dressing room in the middle of game five of a an nba finals game and all of a sudden the gm ownership doctors pr people Everybody is around there, trainers. And you remember there was this like very concerned look clearly across the entire room and nobody that really was comfortable, like just understanding that someone had to speak except for you at first. And then I was able to follow. And I remember you having more sense of like, all right, we got to get here. I got to get there. We go in the locker room. I was on the phone with your mom. You called your mom. I'm chill. And all of a sudden, Junkyard Dog is there. Yeah, it's just it's me, like, you, and Jerome Williams, and Jerome <laughs> Williams. And like your mom's like, I'm coming to meet you. You're like, nah, we go to New York. And Jerome Williams is like, it's just you, Jerome Williams, me, and like Bob Myers, bro. <laughs> just like, yo, what is JYD doing right here? And I love him so much that I wasn't even really tripping in the moment. But when I thought about it, I was just like, bro, what? But it, that just shows you like it was just pandemonium back there. And because we knew all of us that I tore my Achilles, but we were still hoping that I didn't tear my Achilles. <laughs> I remember yeah. one of the team doctors was like, uh, probably a strained calf. Like, you probably tore your calf. I was just like, did I for real? I was like, and then in my mind, I was like, boy, come on now. Yeah, no they, hope. They, Stop. I remember they was like, Kevin, can you just uh, turn over so I can see the back of your, oh. Yeah, you <laughs> there was like, there's like, there's like somebody, they do like the calf test when you uh, tear your Achilles. And if your uh, if your uh, foot jumps, then like you pretty good. But if it's just like, you doesn't move, it's one and one. So they turned me over, and it was like they was touch, they was squeezing my calf, <laughs> and uh, they, I look back, and they were just like shaking their head, like nothing moved. I was like, yeah, I pretty, I felt like I was walking on a slanted board when I was coming back. So this doesn't feel like a a, a, a calf muscle, but yeah, it was a that night was just. 
We was everywhere though. And what about we're in Washington and it's your first game in DC as a warrior. You had a hundred family members there, bro. And you got hurt in the first quarter. We go to get an MRI at some like scanning place in the middle of nowhere in DC, some like imaging place. Nobody was with us at that point. It was me, you, and there was actually another random ass person. I can't <laughs> remember who rolled with us. But at the end of the day though, it's just like injuries that I bounced back from. I know, maybe we just have fun with these experiences and that like it is that everybody really deals with it. But but bro, everybody you know, deals, it just means so much to us. Like we just so you emotionally evolve involved in what we're doing right now that it just seemed way bigger. But in the grand scheme of life, it's like all right, I was out a month from playing basketball. Oh yeah. No, bro. Of <laughs> I course. was out a year from playing basketball when I set up in my mansion. But that but listen, that's you a get perspective. What I'm that's a perspective though. See, the thing is, is yes, and that's what everybody says, right? Like that's like the common angry fan thing like i don't want to hear what you have to say <laughs> but it is kind of it's kind of true but the thing is is that listen man there's so yes it's true you're 100 percent right without question there's a level of comfort peace happiness and I'm, it's amazing that you have that perspective you always had that so when i i can be the first to say that the first time i met you you had that period you were born with that your mother ingrained that in you your family has that so that you had but in the moment when somebody says to us in Washington in the imaging place, when you're in your first year in the Bay and they say, yo, you're out for the year, bro, you're out for the year and we're on our way home in the car and then they say to us, oh, but by the way, we do have to take a CAT scan and when we get the CAT scan results, we'll call you because there's a 1% chance that we could have read it wrong. And one percent like i'm i gamble but that's horrible odds bro and that's we're, horrible we're in the car and they call us back they said guess what and and obviously I, the facts could be off this is blurry now but they were like <laughs> guess guess what you're not out for the year and and look that look you're right in the grand scheme of things that was nothing but those experiences is what i mean that like bro everything like the first free agency, yeah the the experience in china that's These are what, work yeah. experiences right I'm i'm with you but like when you go into the game the other night, there's no question that all of this plays a part in this calmness that you have. I see it. No, for sure it does. I mean, because we can, we can talk so in-depth about these experiences, obviously, because they meant something to us, you know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, we can go on layers and layers about what happened tonight in Toronto, what happened in D.C., you know. Start thinking, you're going to start thinking. You know what I'm saying? You can just start thinking, but once you throw all of that into the pot and when it's time to like, all right, I got to just go out there and be me and rest on all the shit that I've been through and all of the work that you put in. And so many people are expecting you to do, even coaches, teammates, expecting you to go above and beyond to, but I'm just like, oh, I think I always stand above and beyond realm when I play you know what I'm saying but that's based off all of those experiences like damn I'm about to my season over shit I've I I love basketball too much to sit, to be out for that long like I'm gonna be pissed off if I'm out that long so it made me appreciate it that experience helped you know being out for a whole year not playing 
another experience that you add on and help me just go out there and just like, man, I'm I'm just out here, yo. I'm glad I'm out here. Mm-hmm. So the, all this, you know, that simple that simple mindset I had with it, on top of the work, just felt like, all right, it's whatever. I can do whatever. And and it, it is the work because it's even like when we've dealt with like things in this orbit in which we operate became like catastrophic things to other people where like all of a sudden you just realize that when you are who you are right like when you do the work when you are a good human being that there is no way for any of that noise to affect where you're at in your life and and there is then this perspective when you get there at least for me right so now and i have incredible lengths in which I want to go in my career, right? So if you mirror our careers, you're far surpassed in what you do to what I do. And reality, you're, you do what I do too in terms of running a business. But what happened when I realized that like, oh shit, the world's not going to end if <laughs> I leave Rock Nation, right? Or, mm-hmm. oh shit, the world's not going to end if I get destroyed on social media for a number of years. Yeah right? Or all those things all of a sudden not only make you feel content, but at least for me, then I was like, but guess what? Like now that I realize that it doesn't make the world end, I really want these things though. Like I really (laughs) want legacy. Like I really want success. I really want what I want, right? Everyone's desires are different, but I, I, you know, like people that rank the top five, 10 players in the world, people that like decide that uh this win doesn't matter that win doesn't matter or this win does matter or this moment was now the biggest game of your life the second round game five of the series right (laughs) but all of a sudden when all that shit happens you can be like you know what now that i know and things are moving in slow motion and my family's straight my money's straight i'm healthy i'm playing the game i love right now and i know one bad move and it can be taken away I really want to be so goddamn good at what I do. I want to do everything that I have within my ability to maximize my time here in the league, on this earth, in business. Because, like, why go through all that and get that perspective to just chill and waste it? I mean, you said that shit perfectly. I love you, bro. (laughs) It's like so much knowledge you gain is like why not just try to do everything that you want to at the highest level? You know what I'm saying? Like, I learned so much. Like, I got to put it to use somehow, <clears throat> you know? So, yeah, it's almost like those experiences have helped me even, I mean, all the good, bad has helped me, has motivated me to, I guess, keep pushing. You know what I'm saying? Because you get knocked down and not, like, for me, not playing basketball, not practicing, not getting up to do my regular shit. That was the end of the world to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, I can't. I hate feeling like this. And I gotta get back. You know what I'm saying? So I worked harder. I like focused more. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just I wanted it more when I was out, you know, for some reason. And then once I got there, once I got back, I'm talking about first injuries, I'm talking about ankle injuries and in high school college, all of that, just small stuff. Not playing every day. It's just like once I get back, it's just like I just get so much more energy to play. I just appreciate it more because you didn't have it. 
something that you want to do so much and you don't even get a chance to do it. Did you have like a deep thinker in you when you were younger? Because I'm trying to like now touch on how I was as a kid because I still feel like a kid. So you don't get older and be like, but I'm conscious of like how I sound like my parents. I'm conscious of what my parents like, like what of me sounds like my father, what of me sounds like my mother, what I don't want to do that my mother did. I'm so aware of it. Mm. So now I'm aware of like my younger self and I'm like, yo, did I think on a level? Like, did I have no depth or was I so deep and on some shit, which is why I could not operate in school or was like, had to just, you know, do mm. fly. Yeah. I feel like I had like a, a conscience that was growing, I mean, for what was in front of me. Like, I didn't see much for me to, like, I mean, I, it's hard for me to explain. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to express how I feel. So it's just like, I felt like I had a, I was thinking about stuff on a deeper level, but it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't about, it wasn't a lot of substance on the shit that I was thinking about. It was just like. Whatever you knew. Yeah. It was just like movies, like you know, it, it it just was it just wasn't. I wasn't really thinking about, you know, like right now. I think about the keys to life, like how can yeah. I like make my life more better, more simple, or like peace of mind and like sanity and shit. As a kid, it was just it was just more so what was in front of me, material shit. But you were probably way quieter than I was. Like my my parents fought horribly. That's a hard ass question to answer, bro. But but it is, and it's it's the first time I've even thought about it. But I've been thinking about all of this. Like I look at pictures of myself. Try this. I look at pictures of myself when I was younger, and because my memory's so good, as soon as I see the picture, I remember that day, and I'm like, "What was I thinking?" Like I really am trying to tap into that mm. because like the insecurities you have as a kid, which you then take with you, like at least some people do far into their like adulthood and I don't know what they manifest into. To me, I stripped myself of it. Like seriously, I was able to strip myself of it from talking about it. And I think for me, that's what my version of deep talking was as a kid. Like I stood in the middle of my parents when they fought, like as an eight year old, I like hands out to both of them. I tried to settle the fights. My brother bounced. He's deep but he didn't talk. Mm -hmm. I talked a lot, but I don't know if I really understood like the level of emotion that I do now. I just like talked a lot. You know what I mean? You yeah. were probably quiet as a kid. I definitely was quiet. Whatever I seen, I wanted to know what it, what was the reason for, for what was going on. You know, I always was, I always had questions and shit, you know. But I really, I rarely asked them, you know what I'm saying? So I tried to figure them out, I guess, myself. And maybe that was why I was so quiet. But I felt like I had a lot to say. Man, I was, I was timid too to really speak in front of people. So, but I realized I'm not like, I'm talkative. Like when, when me and you have conversations, we talk, my answers is long-winded all the time. But you wouldn't, expect that from a, a quiet, reserved person, I guess. I guess when I'm in front of people, I just don't try to show off of who I am and shit. But I am a talkative person. I feel like I've always been that way, a curious person, especially as a kid. I realized that I was curious as a kid and I'm still that way now. 
you always were that way. I learned so much from you in that way because you're, you kind of like tame my like excitement that I go into an environment. Like if we had gone to Silicon Valley, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Where you opened up this entire door for me and I wasn't even a, like a shell of who I am now in terms of my confidence and thought as I was then. But again, like you have always, you believed in me, but you opened it up, but you kind of were like, yo, let's just like, let's just like figure this out. Right. And yeah. we went to dinner and we both did it that first time we went to dinner with Ron Conway. Like we really didn't even know what a series A was. Like we were asking questions, but confidently I got that from you. And now I thrive on that. Like, I don't give a hell. I don't give a shit if I have to if I have to ask like the question in the room that nobody wants to ask, but then unlocks everything. And I feel like you're at that point now. And I think that like as I've watched our conversations, and I know when we went to a whole other level, it was right before um, the free agency. Like we were close, um, or even during the summer uh, of your Nike deal, where like we just spent so much time together, and we both kind of were able to laugh at stuff that was supposed to be dead ass serious right yeah. like when you just like find the humor and everything that's happening and like i think then we were able to like really figure out what we wanted to do professionally because we both went into it like all right like we're not going to take this shit too seriously yeah we want to make sure the quality of life and like the people we're working with have good energy and that may mean not doing deals that may mean not working with certain people because the money made me right but the energy ain't right and yeah then all of a sudden, like you gotta, but it take you gotta take time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it felt like we approached that as like students going into a new school. Like, let's make friends, let's learn as much as we can, get good grades, and see what comes from it. And that's how we approached that. You know, just being in the Bay Area, and people gravitated towards what we, you know our, our energy, if you want to put it. I mean, we just we just. We didn't come in there acting like we own the place. And I think that meant a lot to a lot of those people that were already there shaking and moving and they wanted to help us and they gave us a lot of game. And we just, you know, grew that foundation from there. But we approached it as just, well, let's have some fun first off. Let's meet some dope people, play some good basketball and let's make some money. Mm -hmm. It was I really think, that simple. I think in a lot of ways, like, so we could have just, like, racked up sponsorship deals. You could have just, like, racked up appearances and yeah. made all the money in the world. But the way we wanted to do it, we knew we couldn't skip any steps. And I definitely couldn't. But you couldn't skip any steps just because you were Kevin Durant if we were going to do it our way, which meant, like, no sponsorship deals. Yeah. And learn, invest, build. Um and now it's like, at least for me, again, I I feel like we can't make the direct analogy because like the difference is like who I want to be in business, you are that in basketball, but you're 32. So you're still like building now your basketball resume. And then you're going to go into your business and life resume, which will just be stupid because you'll be, you'll have 50, 60 years left of living. But now I go into a situation where even though I know there's people that are better still and or at least they have more money, right, or a bigger platform, but that now I can do anything, try any, like, why can why will anyone stop me from doing anything? And then you can speak 100% confidently about 
damn near anything, right? Because that same confidence like is is reflected in your real life. I see that with you now, right? Like so I was even listening to the way you talk to the media. It's almost like you don't not that you don't even like you're like, yo, let's really talk now. Like Yeah. <laughs> let's just talk. Like, okay. Like I get it all now. Like, let's yeah. just talk. Oh uh, yeah, I feel like I understand the game that's being played from an entertainment standpoint, from a league standpoint. I obviously know how to play the game of basketball too, so and I'm like, I know who I am and I know what y'all want me for. So going into situations with media and stuff now, I just kinda like understand why they asking me certain questions that they're asking me. You know, and what they trying to uncover, you know? And I feel like a lot has been made about, you know, what goes into being a great athlete, you know what I'm saying? And those and those, you know, talking to the media and using these platforms gives the fans an inside look at what makes what may make a great athlete. But I approach that shit just as like, yo, I'm just trying to really paint a picture on what goes on on a day-to-day basis from the second we walk in here until we leave. Like, I'm just trying to paint a picture for people more so than just, like, you know, hype up my methods and shit. So, will Game 7, like, at least for me, right, I I, I can say as, like, uh, uh, from the outside, like, I'm not looking at Game 7 the way, like, Oh, that shit got away. But are I mean, in terms of when you look back on your career, just because of the circumstances of your team and the injuries, obviously, like you can get caught up in like your funny ass comment about like the, my big ass foot, and like yeah, the, that part. I'm sure there are net fans that are like feel that sickness, like I felt as a kid, like how close. But I'm like really excited. That's the feeling somehow I got out of it. It was was it the same for you after? No, I wasn't excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me paraphrase <laughs> that. I was sick about the loss, but like, I don't know. There's, it was the first time like I was sick about a loss and like excited about the team and excited yeah. about the future and like, yeah, you were like, you know, on a on a selfish level, like seeing you perform at that level after knowing you came back from an injury, and like knowing, like we said earlier, that people called this shit the biggest game of your life. Just knowing all that. That was exciting. Obviously, not having it go all the way it still sucks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, all of that shit really don't matter to me. Um, I'm getting so many congratulations, man. Great year, like did that. Like, I'm like, bro, I didn't do anything. We lost. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's just, I knew I can play. I knew I was nice, and I, I've scored forty eight before. I've had big games before. I made big shots before, so it wasn't like it didn't feel like anything special to me because we lost. But then, you know, just the camaraderie we built with the fans, uh, the culture we kind of built around the Barclays and just Nets culture in general, people who kind of look at the Nets now like, all right, they could be a contender next year. I like that part of it. I was excited about that. Going four, and I even was, I was excited about that in the regular season. But to have like being the playoffs and people see us playing the playoffs, our fans come for some big games in the playoffs. It's like it felt 
pretty solid to start to build a culture. You know what I'm saying? And that's what probably the excitement you're feeling too. Yeah. And, you're like my manager now. You're helping me with that comment. Like, <laughs> Rich, you do not want to sound like you was excited we lost. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but I got what you meant. I feel like, a, I mean, probably a lot of Nets fans feel like that. Like, yo, we got a chance like to actually make some noise next year too. You know what I'm saying? So. And the energy in New York City right now, it's It was everything. fun, man, especially with the Knicks playing and us playing. It was sort of like, a, you know, we, we got two teams in the playoffs and Knicks and Nets fans got a little beef right now because po- both teams are solid. We got the Madison Square Garden, Barclays, you know, beef as well in the city. So it just felt like a lot of energy, man. You look in our stands, you're seeing superstars there. Beyonce, Jay-Z, her, Brian Cranston, it was just, so many Brian Cranston, yo, Brian Cranston got an insane, insane ovation. Insane ovation, bro. It was one of the loudest ones I've been around. Travis Scott. So I'm like, yo, you see that energy floating around our building for games like that now. What's next next year gonna look like? And so people got that picture in their minds and like I'm I'm it's cool to be a part of that shit. You know what I'm saying? To help build that shit. Yeah, and I felt I felt that like the last few days, you know. Leaving the arena and shit like that. It was fun. I was surprised as your manager um, to be like, all right, cool. So what are we doing this summer, bro? And you was like, yeah, no, I'm definitely doing the Olympics. And then even like looking at the schedule for the Olympics, like, man, it's like it's your first time doing it. Is it because you missed the amount of time you missed? Is it what we talked about, like the appreciation for just these moments in life and like why miss any of this? Is it a combo of that? Oh, it's just I just like playing for Team USA. I just love the hospitality they show us. Just the whole experience is fun. Just being around the guys for a month is cool. I love how they're doing it. Um, this looks different. The players are announcing it looks like for the first time in this like pro dream team era, obviously everybody's an NBA player and an incredible player, but it looks like there's like real role players to to the what an all-star team in a, in a dream team setting looks like. Um, that's exciting, right? Like you got players that, um, I saw Draymond was playing, uh, he's played before, but even some of the names I'm hearing, it feels like this is gonna be a different experience than the other two times you went. Yeah, I mean, the other two times is fun, too. I just think the location probably is going to make it different. Um, and, I mean, and, and on top of that, the new guys, the first year, first time guys that's going to be on board, too. But being in Tokyo, I've never been there before. Playing with Tatum and Book and Dame. Uh, who else? Bam. But now, I mean, I don't know the, the whole team right now, but never played with those dudes, so I'm looking forward to that. But just that overall experience of just – Traveling with the team and hooping with the guys and playing under Pop, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, like, again, I'm going to have to correct what I said because obviously not one of those dudes is a role player. But what I meant was that, like, this is obviously a different dynamic than, like, in the past when you went. Um, But you said it. But in terms of Pop, like, we always talk about, like, these elite people at – at any profession or any level, like he falls in, in my opinion, in that category, when I start thinking about like these masters of heads of corporations and people that have started tech companies and, and 
people that have like at any at any profession pop seems to like be the best of the best and that like always gets better and like enjoys coaching superstars enjoy coaching younger players and you love like every challenge so um that's gonna be dope to be with pop yeah it's gonna be fun i mean he's got so much knowledge so many so many coach so many players already and he'd been a part of Team USA, I think, right? He was a coach before. so Not, not for you, though. No, nah, but just that. I mean, it's a different environment coaching for Team USA. You know what I'm saying? So you got a bunch of stars on one team. You know, he understands what it takes. So I'm looking forward to that. But more importantly, man, it's hooping with these these superstars is in the league. That's going to be fun. Seeing dudes in different environments, you know, having to mesh our talents together for to get the gold, that's the, always the coolest part of this. You know what I think is going to be fun? Seeing Steve Kerr and Draymond. I always feel like when, like, you leave a situation and you get back and see people, familiarity is always, like, the best, like, time, period. Yeah, especially in that environment. There's going to be a lot of, like I said, first-time guys. So the experience is going to be new to a lot of guys. But Steve been there, Draymond been there, I've been there. And we played and we worked together already. So, and it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be fun just – doing work with them again, you know? We went through a lot, we experienced a lot, we learned a lot together, that should be fun. And then we're gonna go on a baseball tour. So we're gonna do this MLB tour. We're gonna yes. go to um, about, I don't know how many Who, I don't know where we're going. I don't even know, I don't even know why, um, which parks we gonna hitch at, but we definitely gotta check some games out. Yeah, so you really love the sport of baseball. I've really been uh, doing my deep dives, and you know, when I do that, it's just documentaries, a lot of a lot of history, a lot of past uh, history I got to go into. But I've been learning a lot, man. It's really about the stats, for real. Learning what the stats mean. Oh, There's like so really the basics? Them. Yeah. There's so many. So you're going deep. Yeah, I just want to know what's good. What's a what's a good at bat? What's a bad at bat? What's a great pitch? Which at a certain count, like all of the little shit, and seeing Degrom and just seeing Degrom play, oh my god! It's like all right, that's that looks like the best to me. I'm a Met fan, but like, and I'm a casual Met fan. Who's are you a Met? You really you grew up a Met fan? Yeah, grew up a Met fan, and I've gone through periods in my life where I've been hardcore, and now I'm obviously I'm hardcore. How do New Yorkers choose? You think? I think it's family, honestly. And I think it's like what you were born into. So like when I really experienced it, I experienced the 86 Mets and the 86 Mets were like epic. So I was sold. And then from there, like they were good for a little while and then Strawberry and Gooden. And then, and then like everyone loved the Yankees. And you was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and, and we're going to the, um, we're going to the Met game tonight, but the Mets are like DeGrom special, Mike Trout, I was asking people in our office the other day, Mike Trout is, and, I, and I, I knew this, but I need it confirmed from some real baseball fans, is considered like we're watching one of the best two, three, four players who's ever played this game. That's what, I, that's what I've been hearing too. But not only is the sport obviously less popular than, than it was when I was growing up, but he doesn't even seem to be like a star the star of stars in his sport when he should be. I respect it. It's just not who he is. And I think that that's no, I, incredible. But. I think he is a star star in the sport. No, 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 he is. But I'm saying he really hasn't stood in front of like taking every opportunity for the world to know that when he could. 
I feel like it's hard for baseball players to cross over to a, to the average person knowing them. You know, I think non-baseball fans even know who Mike Trout is. People that I don't know if they do, bro. I don't know if Mike Trout walks in a restaurant and people recognize him, and that's a shame. That's a different level of fame, but just knowing somebody. Yeah, but the, he's that good. Like, what I'm saying is the best tennis player in the world is who? Serena Williams. Best, uh, another one, Roger Federer, Nadal, we'd all recognize him. Best golfer, historically, Tiger, Phil Mickelson, we'll recognize him. I mean, you go through the sports, but, like, Mike Trout is the best baseball player and the clock has been running. So, and not, he plays in Anaheim, California. Yeah. I think people know who Mike Trout is. I don't know, bro. I think you very much in your- So, if he played for the Yankees, you think he would be- Oh, yeah. Well, that goes without saying, because the Yankees go into that like institution thing, which is like bigger than a sport. What about like, the Dodgers? Yeah, he'd be more of a star. He'd be more of a star, but like probably not if he's not to the degree that he should be in Anaheim. And again, like I'm not. If he won two championships in a row for Anaheim. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, because if you play, what happens when you play in like the biggest game is then the casual fan watches. But people really believe he's a top four, top five player ever. Yeah. I think that's that's what to have one of those in the air that I'm. That's playing, it's active right now, and it's sick. Well, and check it out. You didn't even know that. I didn't really know that for a fact till two weeks ago. When I knew I he was asked. a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I didn't I didn't I think he's considered one of the best players ever. Is he is he better than is he a I hate comparisons, man. But is it like oh you wouldn't say Barry Bonds is one of those guys? Yeah, but and we talked about this too, and which is ridiculous because like I'm over like I know this is crazy, but I'm over the steroid thing, bro. I really am. So like, um, hitting that baseball man, that's a lot of hand eye coordination. With no, that. no, no, I know. And what I mean by I'm over it is that like I understand what that represents in the game. So like, I, leaving that alone, I should be able to put Barry Bonds in a conversation. Like, I am. I mean, he that's got, what still I mean. got to be skilled that's what at I mean. the game. Barry Bonds that's what I mean. I'm skilled. over. I'm over being in a conversation and being like, "Who's the best player ever?" And then someone says Barry Bonds, and be like, "You can't say that." And be like, "Come on, man." He won three chips when he was skinny as hell. Then he won or three MVPs, whatever. Um, again, I probably got that wrong, but he was nice. Um, Otani is is different. Otani, I mean, two way player. Otani, Otani is a better. I mean, people. A lot of people say he should just hit in that pitch. I, is that is that true? I didn't hear that. I mean, I don't follow it like you do now. I got to get more into it. I'm just like reading the headlines. I got to get deeper into. I just read the headlines. But I could see, I mean, I could see there being conversation, like, obviously, like, if you're doing two things, someone's going to say the other thing, like, he should just be doing this. But, like, he really should just probably do both because (laughs) he can, like. Mm -hmm. You think you really could have played another sport professionally? Yeah. Truly? Mm Mm-hmm. What sport? Any sport. I put my mind to. If I started at an early age, at, like, when I started basketball. Any sport. I could see that. I mean, you have that mindset. I mean, I'm, you remember when I... Uh, well, I mean, I could play football. 
Yeah, you could throw the ball, bro. I can be a wide out at least. I mean, it's wide out. 6'11 wide out. It's wide out. That's six feet, 170. So, like. Not a 6'11 wide out. Why not? I can go. That'd be crazy. All go routes. I get, yo, a lot of, you know, whenever they say who would be nice in football in the NBA, they never push They'd you They'd be hating on me because be I'm skinny, hating, man. Because you're skinny, bro. What do you want to play now? Like, what sports will you play later in life? Will you play golf or tennis? Yeah, I want to play golf. For sure, I want to. I want to keep. I want to go to hit a baseball for sure. You know who would be really good at baseball? Steph Curry. Oh yeah, I feel like he'd be. He like, would be sick at. I feel like he would be just a shortstop, three hundred hitter, and a shortstop. He'd be like. He'd be like. Remember, you remember who you know who Ozzy Smith is? <laughs> yeah, I remember Ozzy Smith. I could see Steph Curry just being like. Getting ground balls like diving and throwing that shit sidearm. <laughs> hand eye coordination. I, I see him hitting. I see him hitting. The, uh, I'm see him leading, the, getting a lot of hits. Uh, not, I wouldn't say a bunch of homers, but a lot of hits. Oh, getting like, on base, stealing like bases, eight hundred straight hits, stealing bases. <laughs> I feel like Clay would be a, a nice baseball yeah. player too. He's a baseball family. You'd probably be. You'd have to be like a pitcher. Yeah, you'd have to be a pitcher. Oh, yeah. Well, from that standpoint, you could definitely play baseball. Randy Johnson. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's a different story. You could have thrown some heat, bro. Straight heat. People don't realize how like how far you could throw a football. I think we really got to show that one time. I've seen you throw a clean 60, 60 yards. Yeah, if I had to play organized, if I play organized sport, I play organized football. And basketball, I wanted. To, I should have played baseball. I should have did karate. I feel like as kids, you got to do. You got to play every sport. Man, I did you up. play every? You played every sport. No, you remember? Or you when, dabbled in everything when you, you know. I dabbled, but I didn't. I remember once I said to you, we we were having a conversation early in like knowing you, and I said, "Man, I should have played football." Man, I stopped playing football to focus on basketball, and you was like, "You think you could have played pro football?" I was like, "No, bro." <laughs> <laughs> I just meant play football. Like I was not there. <laughs> but that's the point. It's just a different mindset. Like Yo, you not, don't think you could have got your body ready for, for, for to play? I think pro I could have played college football. Cause I got I got great hands, bro. You know that. I you know that. That's something I won't drop. You'd have been like that possession receiver who always get concussions and shit. Or I would have been like um like a like a Jason Witten. How tall are you? Six three, yeah. Nah, you. I'd put you in the uh, slot. You've been like, oh, but you'd have to give me some time to get open, because I guess I could like bounce around in the slot, but yeah. I have no yards after the catch. <laughs> <laughs> no yards after the catch. I go down. Uh, only, like, only third and three. Third three, third and four. I would get the no question. I'd get a five yard. Like I'd find room and then drop. <laughs> All right. Well, this is boardroom out of office. Thank you guys for listening to like a real stream of consciousness. No prep, no plan. Just had a bug out. Uh, appreciate you, Kay. Of course, man. Thanks for having me on. Can I stay and chill now? Of course. All right, bet. I'll stay and right, chill. Buddy. Subscribe, download, download the etc. Download Out of Office. Podcast 47. We out.